Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner featuring Jack and Andre. FBI Radio. It's 10 past 10 on a Monday, which means that I am joined by my favourite film lords in the entire world, Jack and Andre, who's scrolling on his phone right now. Pay attention, so please. You're right, you're right. This is what you do in the cinema. I'm just, you know, getting ready for everything you need to know about movies, movies, movies. You just scroll on the gram. Scroll on the gram. What's, what have we got coming up on the show today? Well, I just got back from the... Oh, Jack and I both just got back from the Melbourne International Film Festival, so we are going to try to not talk about that too much, <laughs> even though that's all we want to say. But it's so nice to be home. Yeah, it's so nice to be back, back to in the studio you. with you, Bridie. Indeed. And we've also got some hilarious goss on what's happening at the Oscars next year, and also some funny backlash about Black Klansmen that shouldn't be happening that we're going to go into in movie news. Very excited. That movie comes out later in the week here yeah, in Australian I believe so. Cinemas. I know a lot of people are very keen to see it. Let's get into some movie news. Sounds good. Movie news. So, David Duke, who's the Grand Wizard of the KKK, um, is uh, represented in Black Klansman, and he's actually called Spike Lee on the phone to talk to him about his like concerns about his depiction. Topher Grace plays him in the in the movie. Okay, this other this is just like a s- tiny tangent about Topher Grace. Apparently, Topher Grace is like Hollywood's genius editor. And what he does to, like, like I don't know, cleanse himself of a role like David Duke, Grand Wizard of the KKK, is he edits the Hobbit movies into one movie, like, all three into so one. So weird. Which is so weird and such a weird thing. But like, to finish your point, David Duke is worried that Black Klansman is going to portray him badly. Yeah, it's like, you're the head of the KKK. I so know. that's what he's worried about. But then he also said to Spike Lee that he's a fan of his work. And let me just say, he's also a fan of his best work, Do the Right Thing, which he loves, apparently. So which is so weird. So weird. And Spike Lee was like, well, that's a compliment I just did not need. Mm, totally. Um, uh, in fantastic news, which some people think is fantastic, the Oscars have now added a exciting new, um, what's it called? A segment? No, a, a, an award, I guess. A we, category. A category, that's the word I'm looking for, for what they are calling Outstanding Achievement in Popular Film, which also translates into, let's just give, you know, David O. Russell or freaking James Cameron an award because their films are popular and never win Oscars. And Their they, films always win Oscars. James Cameron's got like a but, like a buttload of okay, Oscars. Okay, he so. got a couple for Titanic, but not that many. Who, who are we talking about? Everyone's here? just saying it's because Disney own ABC and Disney just want to give like all of their property, all of Marvel movies awards. Mm. Mm-hmm. So what's the name of this award? The, well, okay, we were, trying to, we were trying to coin this before and I think it's the, the best popular film award, but it's the award for outstanding achievement in popular film. Or mm. best basic bitch film. My question is, what the hell is popular film? Because I feel like a, the Oscars are popular. That's just me. Also, does that award title remind <laughs> anyone of this? Hit it. It's the first Once again, The Simpsons is on point years and years and years prior to everybody else's catching up with it. So what else is happening in movie news? Well, in kind of gross news, Burt Newton's son, Matt Newton, who's well known for his roles in Underbelly and also his multiple domestic abuse charges, has pulled out of a film with Jessica Chastain, who was kind of the front of the Me Too movement earlier. He was going to direct an action film with her and um, he's stepped down himself and released a statement that it's just not the right climate for him to be doing this in. Mm. Um, And I don't 
want to congratulate him. I just mm. am glad that this is happening. I'm glad that, like... Uh, I'm just thinking about Jessica Chastain. I'm just also reading in the news this week, which is, like, everyone's saying, oh, my God, I'm so ready for Louis to come back. And I know you miss Louis, but it's also, like, I'm not ready for this to be, like... Jack, um, I'm not, like, saying say that, that on air, but air. I'm just saying, you like... You are saying that on air, Jack. No, I'm saying that, like, <laughs> we all love Louis, but I also don't want this to be, like, a, oh, yeah, one year later, like, okay, a, in apologies. This, let me just... Really, let, let, let's just correct. We, we all love Jessica Chastain. That's all we need to say about the story, okay? And that's all that matters. That's but, all that matters. And at the end of the day, I actually just saw on my phone a notification about some recent Lindsay Lohan comments on the Me Too movement, so... Okay, we'll bring that to you. the Lindsay Lohan we'll, comments. I I saw them as well. I haven't seen them yet, but maybe they'll be for next week's news. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's movie news on movies, movies, movies. We're going to go to a track before we come back with two reviews where Jack and Andre are going to be talking about Mission Impossible 6 and Summer of 93. Two reviews. One review. And then, and then another review. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two We're in the middle of movies, movies, movies here on Mornings with Brady Tanner, and it is now time for two reviews. Jack Andre, which film lord will be reviewing first? Salut, I'm going to go first, I think. Andre, uh, what are you going to be reviewing today? I'll be reviewing Mission Impossible 6, which I only just found out was the sixth instalment in the series. Whoa. I've just spent the past week at a critics workshop uh, at the Melbourne International Film Festival, and I went to write this review, and I thought, I need to break the form, I need to figure out something different. So I've written a haiku. Hope it's okay with everyone. Um, and I think it'll be good because it'll then mean that Jack and I can have a long extended conversation about the film because mm-hmm. I feel like my review will never give it the power that Jack will give it with his love. Here we so, go, Andre's <clears throat> haiku review of Mission Impossible 6. So, long dull ideas stop. Tom C, escape his rage. V Rames, you are all loving. Mission Impossible 3, y'all. Fallout Boy? Is that what it's called? Mission Impossible 3. Chime in, you guys. I need a bit of a... <laughs> I don't want empty air here. <laughs> uh, I think I might need to ne- hear your haiku again. Just one more time. One more time. Long dull ideas. Stop. Tom C. Escape his rage. V. Rames, you are all loving. V. Rames is an actor who's in the film yeah. who plays one of the sidekicks, but who I think is exceptional. Jack. He's so good. Get in on this. You enjoyed this film and... Oh, no. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I okay. just say it was passable. Like, it was fine. Mm. I, I watched this and I really made me think people are seriously getting conned into believing that they have to have an opinion about this or that yeah. they have to have an opinion to enjoy it. There, this room, this this film is getting glowing reviews. It's so strange to me that it's getting glowing reviews. And I think it's because people... I think the new, like, the new intellectual is uh, the popular action film. Like, people love deconstructing Marvel movies and, pu- like, calling, pulling the genius card on shit Tom like... Tom Cruise. The, on Tom like, Cruise. remember when he had that movie that repeated with the alien attacks and Emily Blunt was in it? People, like, were so wet for that movie. That just feels like every single film is in, including Magnolia that has no aliens. I don't know with this. I, this is the kind of thing where I could feel it manipulating me, and I yeah. wanted I wanted it to stop, and I I actually I wish really I wasn't... liked the opening when they blew up all of the cities, and then it... Do you, right at the start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, why isn't there more of this? Like, I don't understand. Justice for Charlie's Angels, like, how are there six Mission Impossible films, but only mm. two Charlie's Angels films? My question is, is that um, I, I see it, not even a question, I see a lot of anger in Tom Cruise's face. He's, I feel like he's holding on to a lot. And I can see him getting bored of this franchise. Yeah. In the same way that I think you see, you know, like, I want to say, like, Vin Diesel just kind of rolling his eyes at, like, the next uh, m- m- action man movie that he does. <laughs> I know. But I, like, definitely was happy to see Princess Marvel. Margaret in a blonde wig. Who I, she's the White Widow. Uh, oh, of course, gotcha, she gotcha, gotcha. Great. Yeah, White Just Widow, Princess Margaret, wigs. 
Mission Impossible, six, you guys. Uh, what would you give it in a word? Uh, I mean, forgettable, I guess. Uh, yeah. Jack? Um, like, um, like a timer. Mm. Like an alarm on your phone. Ticking yeah. time into hell. Going off or about to go off? Just like you've put it on snooze and it keeps coming back. Oh, great <laughs> analogy. Um, uh, Jack, your review for two reviews today? I am doing a blockbuster this week. I'm doing Summer of 93. Okay, um, I've seen the are... trailers. It looks very sort of pretty, foreign film, something I might be into. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's for those who like threw themselves in front of the sun this weekend or maybe if you're more like me, wanted to but was also happy to experience a summer day in the luxury of my local cinema. Summer of 93 delivers Call Me By Your Name villa vibes, forested lakes and rivers, lazy Mediterranean days, brunch, soft skin in the sun, good parenting and kids playing. This might sound like your dream or your absolute worst nightmare. It's based on the director's own childhood in 93. Carla Simon was six. This is her first feature. When she was orphaned, went to her aunt and uncles in the Catalan countryside because her mother died of an AIDS-related illness. The scenes seem to sort of spontaneously flow out from her memory in real time, hinging on her remembering not crying when her mum passed away and then the way she behaved afterwards. She's six. Her moments of jealousy, of love, of understanding through that process. Summer of 93 does so many things we've come to expect from art cinema recently. There's long, uneventful scenes focused on plunging us into a nostalgic verisimilitude that's almost hyper-real. Narrative is kind of stripped away with plot revolving around emotional cues like when will someone cry? When will someone finally snap? What weird improvised thing's going to happen? It's more Mustang meets after short film than The Florida Project, but I still think it's worth your time. Oh, could not disagree anymore. Sorry to chime in right away. You but hated this. There is something, and I hate to be really specific about this, but there is something about hearing toddlers cry that triggers me. That really, it might be the, the babysitter in me that reacts. But yeah. this is a film that Jack didn't mention. is about two young young kids navigating young, young, young childhood. There's a one l- of them's three, one of them's six. A lot of tantrums, a lot of crying, a lot of neediness, which I didn't appreciate. I want to slap these children the whole way through, and no amount of art cinema could stop me from thinking that. Oh my god! But what about that really cute one where they're like, "We're going to play mum and." And she puts on all the makeup and she pretends to be smoking it. And the girl's like, will you play with me? And she says, no, mother's tired. Mother's ache- aching body. Jack, when I was three, I was watching West Wing, okay? So these little bitches who were just <laughs> hanging out being whingy, I could not stand their activities. They were so dull. Get a life, watch a movie, and stop playing outside like you want to. There were these old women, because it's not a long film. It's like 90 minutes. There was these old women sitting on the same row as us. And at the end of it, one of them looked to the other one and said, that is the longest film I have ever seen. <laughs> mm, indeed. Summer of 93, Jack, in a word. Um, oh, just a, a, like aesthetic. Aesthetic, yeah. Andre? I, I wish I could just morph calling by your name into one word, so to say, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. My apologies for calling them bitches. They're not bitches. This is a, an achievement of a film in some ways, but it just wasn't for me. Keep your texts coming in on 0409 945 945 for Jack and Andre, our film lords. Let's get into a bit of Sydney Spotlight. <laughs> Sydney Spotlight. Jack Andre, what is going on this week in Sydney cinema? I love it when movie chains offer discounted deals, especially when they're for a when whole... Desperate. I think when I know about desperate. the deal you're talking yeah. about. It's the biggest cinema deal I've ever experienced. It's uh, five dollies to go see films at Palace Cinemas. And it's till until Wednesday, August 18th or 15th. 15th, I misread that. So this you Wednesday. So you have two oh days God. left to go and see a five dollar cinema across... Time is flying. All Palace Cinemas. There yeah. are great films that are on at the moment, not including Mission Impossible six, but Say La Vie is coming out very soon, and oh, maybe you can go see Black Klansman actually, or is it the kind of thing where they've planned it to end right before Black Klansman comes out? It ends out? before Black Klansman and Ugh. The Meg. 
Gosh. Because they, still, they know next week's going to be a big week in cinema. That's right. So they're trying to rake in as much as they can They've before. still got Whitney on. They've Whitney still got Mamma Mia 2. Go see Be- Beirut for some John Hamm Beirut. loving. Don't go see Beirut. You're right, Jack. I don't know why I said that. piece of shit. Go on to uh, at movies underscore movies underscore movies to see what Jack and Andre have rated. And then go ahead and get yourself a $5 cinema ticket to any Palace Cinema. Go see some cheap film. Indeed. It's $5 is a handful of coins when you think about it. Also, there's um for t- like absolutely free. There's a Starburst series of film which is kind of finishing up at the end of August at the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Um, it's a series dedicated to the leading women in Chinese cinema. The films are free, and some of them have been transcendent. They're like from across the ages of cinema. So there's been ones from like there's been 1920s silent films with old old stars, but this one is one that's way more recent. It's from 2004, and it's about workers in this freaky real life theme park filled with replicas of major world monuments like the Eiffel Tower, the Pyramid. Pyramids, so it's like very strange and ersatz, and I think you should go see it. It's free and it's playing three times mm. a week. So I think it's on Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays. Is and until right? this Saturday, you can check out Kofia, which stands for the Korean Film Festival in Australia, which is playing a selection of Korean films, including Seven Days of Night, uh, Golden Slumber. I'm scrolling through the website right now, and these posters are on. Flag. They're showing Gonjam Haunted, Haunted Asylum, which we reviewed. If you missed Wait, it earlier, are they actually? In the year. Yeah, I was going to say one of my favorite films of this year was the Korean film Gonjam Haunted They're Asylum. They're showing that. That's amazing, and we love Korean cinema. Korean cinema is just weird. What do you love cinema. about it? Korean cinema is what's up. I went. It's just a- got a good sense of humor. It's so oh. funny and like scary and dark and kind of evil. I mean, that's generalizing, obviously. If if you want to see a David Snyder-esque Korean film, go see Believer. It looks exceptional. It looks like a neo-noir, but with a bit more sass and a bit more queer. I saw a fantastic Korean film called Grass at the Melbourne International Film Festival, which blew my mind in in ways that I didn't expect. Korean cinema is probably going to swoop the best popular film Oscar, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, my God. That could be a nice twist. If you want to go check out the 9th Korean Film Festival or $5 cinema at Palace Theatres, or the Starburst series at the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Producer Bree is going to chuck up links on the program page for you so you can just... You're one click away, basically, Mm. from having all the details on that. That's all we've got time for today on Movies, Movies, Movies. Jack and Andre, thank you so much. We did have one text come in saying that... uh, uh, asking when you're going to review Chesil Beach. I don't know if you know that. Film. On Chesil Beach. But we I feel don't... like we should do an episode soon where yep. people just throw reviews at you. And oh, you're just 100%. Like, oh, maybe... Did we already do that? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find time to, to squeeze in Chestnut Beach, a review of that film. And the bookshop. And the bookshop and how to have a book club. And uh, Lady Chatterley's Pies. And By the Sea in My Cabin. <laughs> Sienna also chiming in on the text line saying that movies, movies, movies is honestly the highlight of her week. Thank you, B, A and J. <gasps> I've cried already today, but now I'm crying again. That is the <laughs> nicest thing I've heard. Text in a, a film and we'll review it for you and we'll get you some hot tickies send us an email we'll get you on the list we'll just buy them yeah we'll buy them for you literally (laughs) Jack and Andre I'll catch you next Monday at 10.10 sounds good good. bye guys bye this podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts